This is episode 33 with Tara LaFerrera. We discuss how you can build healthier habits to feel stronger, happier, and more confident as you take on your day. Welcome to 8 Billion Gifts. This is your host, Sohil, a footballer, creative, and student. On this show, we talk to all kinds of people to discover their stories, their mindset, and their unique gift. What's going on, everyone? I'm here with Tara LaFerrera today, who is a fitness and health coach, as well as the owner of the TL Method. As a former sprinter and kid sister of three brothers, movement has always been in her blood. Becoming a NASM certified personal trainer was the best step after college track was in the past. Tara works as a personal and group fitness trainer, as well as a yoga teacher to inspire and be inspired. She's the co-owner of a gym in Denver called Compass Fitness, where she helps people reach their fitness and health goals. Her passions include sharing useful and fun tips on her social media platforms, including fitness education, food, real-life struggles, athletic wear, and plenty of laughs. Tara, thank you for joining. How are you? I am so great. Thank you so much for having me today. Appreciate you. I am so excited to have you on and talk about fitness. I love your fitness page and how you share the content because it's not just the serious side of things, but you also have fun with it and you show um, a lot of the topics that are often not talked about in fitness. So I really like that. Yeah, I just I just love to make it real and relatable to other people because fitness isn't just like what you do in and out of, in the gym. It's so much of what happens outside of the gym as well. So, yeah. So let's start off by getting everyone to know a bit more about you. So if you could share with us uh, maybe a bit about your story growing up, Tara, and then how you got into starting uh, the TL method. Yeah. So I ran track in high school and college. I, I guess even before that, I was really into basketball and football and volleyball and all the sports, but in all of those sports, I was just really fast. Like I would almost be faster than the ball. So I, my basketball coach was like, you should try out for track. And I was like, okay, fine. And I ended up being really fast. And so like most things, when you're good at something, you want to keep doing it. You're like, I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> so in high school and college, I ran track. I was a sprinter. And then once the, um, once college was over, it was like, I had this very big loss of identity. I was like, I was a teammate and I was a track runner for so long. And then college was over. And I was like, who am I now? Like who, what was happening after this? And so I ran a few marathons, even though I'm not a huge long distance runner, I like to go fast and be super explosive on a lot of things. Um, and then after that, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know what to do. Uh, a friend of mine was, she was inviting me to boot camps at the park for weeks. And I was like, no, it's not for me. It's not for me. And one Saturday I went and it was like the coolest, most inviting, most amazing experience I ever went to. It was a really great community. Um, it was a lot of high fives, uh, man, back in the day when we were, when we used to be able to do high fives <laughs> and hugs, um, a lot of high fives, a lot of, uh, you know, high intensity. It was super fun, but also a really challenging workout. It was just a really great atmosphere. And so that was kind of the start of my, my adult fitness journey. I will say in the sense of, I, I went to this gym for about two years and then they were like, when are you going to be a coach here? And that was never even a thought of in my mind. And so, uh, I, I was in marketing and advertising for several years. And then I started teaching group classes kind of before I would go to work and then after. And it was like this cycle for another two years or so. And then I actually got laid off from my job and it was um, kind of all 
uphill from there. As far as fitness goes, I made fitness my full-time career. I was a personal trainer. And then from there, I created an online business, which is now the TL method, which I've had for almost, it'll be three years in July. Uh, it's an online monthly subscription-based program that workouts change daily. It's a really awesome um, online group of um, people all over the world that are in it. And now I'm also the co-owner of two studios in Denver called Compass Fitness, like you said in the bio, and able to have a brick and mortar and kind of do all the things online, which is my dream. Well, that's awesome to hear. And I'm sure throughout that journey, there must have been a lot of difficulties and a lot of yeah. hard times to get through. So I'm wondering, is there like um, a story that comes to mind or a challenging time frame throughout the point of leaving the track team when you were playing D1 to finally, you know, being able to co-own these gyms and then having your own TL method? Is there a story or a time frame that comes to mind that was really difficult for you to overcome? Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, I would say the probably the most di difficult years of my life were well, between like 19 and like 21 or 22. It was um, my, my college track coach, you know, told me I needed to lose weight. Uh, I had gained some weight going into college. She, I wasn't fast anymore. And that was a, I, I always remember it because it was a very specific time where she had told me that you know, I didn't come in at a certain, I didn't come in at this way. I was gaining some weight. I was doing a lot of drinking at that time too. I was in a very like downward spiral and she had sent me an email, but CC'd the whole team. And I didn't know. And it was like this, Hey, you have to lose weight. And it was just like, that was the most heart wrenching moment ever. And then I just felt like I just went like in this like downward spiral from there. And so, you know, I had some nutritionists. I, I went to, I did a lot of different diets and I did a lot of things that I thought I should be doing based off of what she said and based off of me trying to lose the weight. And that only made it so much worse. And it, it actually took me leaving the school and, you know, unfortunately still with that, like drinking and binge eating cycle for a while, for me to figure out that I could do it without all of these diets and all of these other things. And that movement can make me happy again and can do a lot for me. But in that time frame, which I feel like is such a hard time in a lot of people's lives, I felt like I had no one around me, no coach, coach to support me, no like big, you know, family to support me. They were all just so upset that I had left a full ride scholarship basically, because I was kind of you know, they said I was running away from my problems, but really I'm so thankful that I did in the long, in the long term, I guess. And then what helped you try and get, what helped you finally get out of that stage and discover that you don't need those diets and that movement should be more fun and should be in line with like what you really enjoy doing? Yeah. Was it the boot camp or were there other events that took place as well? Yeah. I mean, it was the, it was the boot camp kind of style fitness. And then it was being surrounded by people that up uplifted me and supported me and like guided me. Uh, and then, then surrounded by a lot of other pos positive forces in my life and friends have changed a lot over the years, but I would say the biggest thing was not falling for a lot of these, you know, gluten-free paleo, paleo, whole 30, you know, keto, this, all of this stuff that was out there. I tried it all. I mean, I did a lemonade diet. I did Nutrisystem. I did a lot of things. And that just led to so much more restrictive eating and me wanting all these other things even more. And so 
when I finally stepped back and started to eat more intuitively and move mindfully, that made me feel a lot better. And I was also not necessarily, I wasn't really losing the weight. I was kind of the same weight, but it just made me feel so much better. And that took years for sure. Yeah. But it's good that you went through it because now you have this really cool TL method where uh, you have a lot of people on, on your community and you're helping them, you know, reach their fitness goal and, and become a healthier and stronger version of themselves. So I'd love to talk a bit more about that. Like you, you mentioned a, a couple of the things that are part of what you do with your training and your coaching, but how would you explain your philosophy around like fitness and being healthy? Oh. That's good. That's a good question. It also feels like a very loaded question. I feel like I need yeah. an elevator <laughs> pitch for this question. Um, I would say that movement should make you feel good. It should be fun. There should it should bring some joy into you. And so, for me personally, strength training is my jam. Every time I, I am done with a session, I feel so good. I feel I love the way it makes me feel. I love the way working with a client, having them do something that they or lift something that they never thought they could. That is the coolest thing in the world to me. However, a lot of people don't like strength training and that's totally fine. Not everyone has to do it. But if someone like you likes to bike or ride horses or walk or jog, like that's awesome because that makes you feel good. And that's still movement and working out and fitness. And so I think a lot of people are just so gung ho and like fitness is a workout, which means I have to go to the gym and I have to do this. But a lot of people just don't like that style. And so I always say, like, find movement that makes you feel good. That is uh, something that you can look forward to and that you love doing. And so that it doesn't have to feel like a chore. That's a great philosophy. I like the parts about doing exercise that makes you feel good. And then also having that fun aspect to it. I think that's super important because as you said, like working out just feels like a have to. It's like a must to most people. Yeah. And uh, being able to have some fun into it, it almost uh, helps out with the motivational aspect too. Like it helps you stay motivated to work out. Yeah. Now, what else would you say makes up part of that motivation to work out, especially for people who maybe they're not currently in a routine of doing a lot of movement or exercise and they want to get into it, but they feel like that motivation piece is missing apart from having fun and doing something that they enjoy doing, what else comes to mind that they could be thinking about? For sure. And I love this question too, because you're not going to have motivation in the beginning. You're not going to want to do it, especially if you haven't done it for a long time. So my thing is like, if you can start with five minutes, if you can start with 10 minutes, starting so, so, so small, that way you can build up from there. Because a lot of times people are like, I got to get in a 60 minute workout four or five times a week starting from zero. So when you start at five minutes walking around the block or doing some sort of movement, then you have this little shift of like, oh, I actually like the way that felt afterwards. And the hard thing about just starting without in your fitness journey is that you don't see progress right away. It's going to take a while for it to become a habit and you do consistently to get those results, to have that motivation to want to keep going. And so for someone that is just starting, like start with five minutes, start with an extra eight ounce glass of water a day, start with trying to put your phone away before you go to bed, you know, fitness and movement and your health and wellness journey isn't necessarily just about moving your body. It's so many other things. And so if you can add in these little habits, 
that will give you more guidance to want to add in movement or add in workouts. Because if drinking water is going to make you feel good, I bet a walk around the block is going to make you feel pretty good too. Yeah, that's super important. Like knowing that there's all of these different parts. And yeah. the the thing you mentioned about starting small is yeah. is very useful and very easy to do too, right? Even if it's something like five minutes, totally. everybody has, everybody can schedule five minutes into their day to get started. Yeah. And if you can get those five minutes going, then it builds momentum to to working out more. Like I know even for myself, sometimes when I don't feel like working out, I'll just do like a, a mobility warm up, or I'll do something for five to 10 minutes. And at the end of it, I'll feel so much more energized to actually go and do the 30 minute or the 60 minute workout. Yes, I love that. And I definitely preach that same thing. I'm such a huge, I, I love warm ups. I think warm ups do such a good thing for your body, for your mind, like getting your mind right for the workout. But it can also tell you that if you're ready for the workout, awesome, do it. If you're not, if you get through that warm up and you're like, I just don't feel great still, you don't have to. You got in 10 minutes already and that's great. So I love that you do that too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Share with us a bit about how important it is to have accountability around your fitness journey. Because I know having a friend or having a training partner or being part of a group, that can greatly drive your motivation and um, just fuel you to actually work out. So how important is it to have accountability, whether it be a friend or joining a workout class? Yeah, I always like to relate this, relate this to something that might be that someone might do on a daily basis. So like work or, you know, eating or something that you're doing already. Think of anything that you do and then multiply it by one or two or three people around you. Like how much more fun is eating with someone else? How much more fun is like creating a business or building a project with other people? That's what you can get out of working out. And so even if it's uh, me and you where I say, hey, I'm going to go work out tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Are you going to be with me? And you say yes and you don't show up. Well, I'm going to say, yo, man, where are you at? I thought you said you were going to be here with me and you're holding each other accountable. It's this it's it's a. A community that has very like-minded goals and a situation where you're trying to get further in something, but you're, you know, pushing each other and you're holding each other accountable. So how important it is? Well, you tell me, do you have something, a goal in mind that you're probably like, gosh, I, I can tell you something right now that I've been thinking like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this, but I don't have anyone helping me reach that goal right now. And I'm not doing it. It's I'm, I'm trying to learn Spanish as I'm in Mexico. I'm like, I need to learn Spanish and I'm not doing what I have to do every day because I don't have anyone else holding me accountable but myself. It's just like working out. It's just like having a business. It's like they all are so relatable. And so when you have a team, it not only is awesome because you're, you're like, hey, you said, but it's also it makes it more fun. It makes it more doable. It makes it more manageable. And it's like they're your coach too. You know, they're here to support and guide you, but also motivate you to make things happen too. And something cool about having like multiplying the people around you is yes, they hold you accountable. Like if you don't show up, they'll be like, Hey, you didn't show up. Yeah. But then also throughout that journey of, of weeks and months passing by and, and you go on to achieve your goals you have somebody else to celebrate those goals with. Mm. It's like, you're Love not, that. you're not alone. You have, you have friends that you can share your success with and that motivates you to keep going when you have somebody else to share it with. 
I love that. That's such a great way to put it too. Cause then it's like, I've been working so hard to something. And then once you do it, you're like, well, I don't want to just tell myself. I want to tell the world. I want to show this. And I think the coolest part about like a goal or setting a goal and then accomplishing it is the actual process of doing it. Like all those fails you had beforehand and all of those obstacles that are thrown in your way. Like that is the cool part. Seeing you, you know, actually accomplish that lift or whatever you wanted to do is cool. But like, show me your fails. Show me how you got there. You know, that's the cool thing to me. I love that mindset. Yeah. Let's get into working out at home because I think that's a topic that is so relevant right now with a lot of people just being stuck at home, either in a lockdown or maybe they're just working at home all day. What tips do you have for people to basically work out at home? It's very general, but I think it's something that can be relevant to a lot of people because just being stuck in the home setting can be very boring and demotivating. Totally. So number one is having a space that is specific towards your workout. And so even if you have a small space, it can be like a corner of the room. It can be, you know, on your balcony, it can be your basement, wherever it is, like that is your workout space. And I would always try and say the space can't be the same as your workstation because you're always going to want to go to work. Like I have a lot of clients that I will just work out and be on a zoom call. And I'm like, okay, I get the multitasking thing, but that is your time. So having a space first and foremost, the second thing I always suggest is putting it on your schedule, like putting it on your schedule. This is a really great opportunity for someone to be like, put their accountability buddy in the Google calendar invite and say, Hey, this is my workout time. I'm just putting you here so that you can text me or call me at this time and make sure I'm working out. So that way you have someone else that knows and your employees, your um, coworkers or something can see that that is Tara's time on her calendar. You can't have that time. She's booked already. So having that time for yourself is really important. Um, the other thing is mm, no distractions. And that's uh, kind of the same thing with the place, but it, it's hard. I know with kids at home, but trying to give yourself, um, trying to put your phone somewhere else, put your computer somewhere else, like having a space where you like, that is your time for you and you only. Uh, And then another thing is just like having a really great playlist, putting on the music that makes you feel good, that gets you out of the mindset of work. And just like put on, always have a, you know, a favorite playlist that you can go to and be like, this is my jam. This is, and then gets you more excited and energized to actually get in your workout. And then just like you said, like starting small, right? Like not, you don't have to put a calendar in by every single day at that time, but like, you know, three, four times a week, like put it on your calendar and that's your time. And you hold yourself accountable or you have a buddy that's like, that's your time to do it. Those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So just to recap quickly. Yeah. Having a space where that space is basically your workout space. So that's all you do in that space. Totally. Scheduling the workout. And then when you work out, not being distracted, like not having notifications or anything go off. Yeah. And then also having a favorite playlist. Yeah. There's nothing better than a dance party mid set. I I don't know. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just about setting yourself up with these little tools that can help get you to work out. Like sometimes just having that favorite playlist on gets you a lot more energized to work out. So you got to try and implement these tools for yourself. And then that's going to set you up to to work out like instead of just hoping it's going to happen 
start preparing yourself to mm-hmm. actually have a good workout. Prepping and planning and preparing, those are all my favorite words because it's like the more planned you are, the more you're going to set yourself up for success. One cool thing that I have been trying in the last couple of weeks is I've been putting out my workout equipment where I can see it. Okay. Like a pair of dumbbells or I'll put out my resistance bands and just by walking across them, it cues me to work out. So I think I like that, that kind of ties into your idea of having a space where you, where you see something and now you know, okay, I'm going to go and work out. Yeah, I like that. That's another way of doing it. I mean, I guess pre-COVID times is having your workout clothes ready, like as soon as you wake up. So it's like right there, you can just like get out of bed and put them on and just start right away. But I think that would be a, a cool opportunity for you to be like, all right, I've got my workout gear right here. I've got my clothes right here. And like, as soon as you see it, you just like put it on and start. What's your take on keeping track of your fitness journey and setting goals along the way? Because I know that's something that can get very dry, but if done the right way, it's something that can keep you motivated along your journey. So what's your take on that? And then how can people, if you're for it, how can people try and track and set goals in a fun way to keep them encouraged? Yeah, I, I personally love goals. Um, for my fitness journey, I would say goals for business are harder for me because if I don't reach them, I feel really, I feel like that, like failure, or I feel like get more down on myself, which is so interesting. Cause I love the fitness goal of it, but if I don't get it in business, I'm like, what, why didn't you do that? You didn't work hard yeah. enough. <laughs> um, I am such a like old school, write it down. I have a journal for my workouts that I write down everything. There's so many awesome apps out there that do it. Um, people that are in the TL method have a journal as well. It, I also say making sure that you're taking photos, a ton of videos, especially when you're like really starting out on your journey or you're trying to accomplish a physical fitness um, goal, having video of it is so cool and so awesome to have like, and watch your progression progression over time. So I suggest putting like a, a folder in your phone of just, um, fitness goals. So if we're talking about just that, um, and then putting your videos like all in that folder, so you can kind of watch your progress that way. But, I would say um, making them, you know, smart goals are really great. They're specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So those are just something that I like to do with with fitness goals as well. So if I'm going to say, you know, if if you can do one push-up right now, you know, maybe in four to six weeks, you can do 10 push-ups in a row. And so then you have the goal and then you can kind of give yourself subtasks or things to do to prepare yourself to get to that actual goal. Right. And so again, I'm like very, you know, pen and paper type person. Some people like to have like a printout of a calendar. And so then they'll put like little stickers. I do this on all of my TL method challenges where they like do stickers for each day that they worked out. Um, we also do like a little fitness tracker where it's like you have your goal on the top and then every day you write kind of like your little tidbit of stuff that you did for that specific goal. So it's, it's kind of dependent on the person I'm, you know, someone can be more visual and like get like printed out. Someone can have it on their phone. If they're like, there's a ton of apps that you can do to, to reach that goal. Um, but again, just, I'm so basic with my <laughs> goal writing. <laughs> I always say that like the more you write it down or the more that you see it, the more likely you are to succeed with that, the goal. Like I would have a sticky note of like, do this by this time. And 
you know, you're just a lot more likely to succeed in that specific goal. What do you, do you like to write goals down? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love writing goals down and I, I love the last point that you talked about, about being able to see it. Yeah. Like I have three different journals right now and one of them is specific to my workouts and my training. Cool. So just being able to open that up every single day or before or after a workout and seeing yeah. what I have written down is is super important just to keep me on track with things. So I got that and then I also have this cool vision board that's on the side of my wall here. Yeah. And and I have a couple things around fitness. So just looking at that reminds you of like why fitness is important to you. And then also to actually execute on why it's important to you and to get those workouts in. Yes, I love that. And it also gives you discipline of like seeing something and like, or writing something yeah. down so you can go back in your week and be like, okay, I got in Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Let's see if I can get in a Saturday this week or Tuesday this week or something too. And then you can be like, you can see the weights that you're using. You can see it increase over time. And then, you know, it's cool to have it all down in writing because you can really watch your progress in front of you. Yeah. And what's great about that is if you, if you see it and then you also share it with other people, like mm. for example, with the TL method, I'm guessing you have this big community where people can share their goals. Yeah. And even if it's with a friend that you're doing it with, just being able to share those goals taps back into like having somebody else to be accountable with. So it actually helps you achieve those totally. goals and just to stay motivated along the way. Totally. I totally agree with that. So let's get into, let's get into eating. So I know that's something else that is, is part of your coaching. I want to start with something that a lot of people can probably relate to, which is they just want to eat healthier. Like they have the thought of, I want to eat healthier, but then, you know, after they put out that thought, they don't have the next couple of steps mapped out and then they never actually get to eating healthier. So what, what's your advice on what people can do if they just have that general idea of, I want to eat healthier, but don't know where to go after that? I think it's important to note that like healthy is different to a lot of people. It's different to a lot of different cultures. It's different to where you are and who you are. And so I think they should step back and say, why do I want to eat healthy? Do I want to eat healthy to lose weight? Do I want to eat healthy to make myself feel better? Do I want to eat healthy to feel better in my workouts? Um, do I want to just be able to eat more vegetables? Do I want to heal my gut, you know, some bloating and stuff like that? There's so many different ways to really take this, I would say. So first of all, figure out your why always. I, I say that with movement. I say that with, with nutrition. I say that with business. Like, like what, why are you doing this? Why is that moving forward? And so I guess for for, I would say the general public, if you, and I'm just really generalizing this, but if someone is really wanting to get into more healthy eating, figuring out your why, but also understanding that that's going to take time, especially with where you're currently at. So taking again, really small little tasks and creating, you know, making it more long-term and sustainable. I'm such, I'm, I'm the type of person that's like, I don't want you to lose 10 pounds super fast. I don't want something to happen right away. I don't want you to go from not, I'm going to put this in quotes, not eating healthy to all of a sudden being, I'm the healthiest eater ever. So start with snacks. Easiest way to do it is to be like, okay, if I know that I'm eating 
three or four meals a day. I'm probably also having one or maybe two snacks. Okay. So figure out what those snacks are. And then how could you potentially switch them, some of the snacks to make you feel better or to feel like you're getting back into those healthy eating. So something like, you know, hard boiled eggs, hummus and veggies, apples and almond butter, a smoothie, a little salad, cottage cheese, like something like that, where that's your snack. My other biggest thing is meal planning and meal prep. I'm such a huge component person that does that. Like looking at your week as a whole, I know that a lot of us are mostly kind of home right now, but you can still meal plan and meal prep while you are at home. And that actually really sets you up for success while you're home, because then it's just like you can go out from your computer, you can have the food, you can warm it up, you can eat, and then you can get back into work right away rather than being like, oh man, it's 1230. Like, what am I going to do for lunch today? Because you don't have anything already planned. So Starting with something like snacks, you know, writing down what you think you're going to eat for the week or what you would like to eat for the week, and then going to the grocery store, planning out for your week. Um, even something as simple as like eating a vegetable at two out of the three meals a day. You know, I, so it, it kind of just, it really, it's, it so depends on the person and what their goals are, but You know, if it's someone that like wants to feel better in their workouts, kind of experimenting and testing out some of their pre-workout foods or some of the post-workout things. And then here's another great chance for you to, you know, eat within your workout journal. I also like to, um, at the top, I'll write what time it is and how I feel. I'll do like a little smiley face or a frown face or something. Then sometimes next to it, I'll put down like eight tacos last night. Don't feel great today. Or like eat a bunch of ice cream or something. Don't feel great. Or I'll put like a smiley face and I'll be like, you know, I got outside today. It felt really good. I got in a lot of water yesterday. I'm not as dehydrated. And so that way you can look back at not only your workouts, but you can see like how you were feeling and what associated with that feeling that day too. Yeah. Those are great tips. Yeah. So thinking about snacks. Yes. Thinking about meal prep. Those are good ones along with everything else you mentioned. But before that, identify the why yeah as you mentioned I think that's the main thing because once you tap into that why and start to think about why you want to eat healthy then that's going to provide clarity on the types of snacks that you should be eating and the type of meal prep that you should be doing so totally I guess purpose first and then start thinking about strategy yeah yeah I love that I guess it kind of ties into what we just talked about but if we specifically want to zone in on breaking bad eating habits Mm. from your experience like coaching people in nutrition what are some tips you would give to people that want to break bad eating habits and again I know it depends on you know what they're actually eating and it's going to be different for every person but what are some initial thoughts that they can start thinking about and then hopefully take action on those thoughts to to break those bad eating habits totally um This is a great kind of segue into the use of good versus bad in foods. And I personally, and I'm not a nutritionist by any means. um, However, I am an intuitive eater. I know quite a bit about nutrition, but I'm not certified in that by any means. But when you look at foods as good or bad, that means there's a food police. There is a restriction. There is a this or that. I like to look at them as calorie dense versus nutrient dense calorie dense meal might be pizza, pasta, meatballs, something like big like that. 
calorie dense, meaning it just has more units of energy calories. Something like um, a whole wheat pita with chicken and salad and something like that is more nutrient dense. You're getting in all of your macros associated with that meal. It makes you feel good. It satiates you, uh, keeps you full because you've got that protein in it longer, right? So you've got cheese pizza, you've got a you know, grilled chicken, pita, something, whatever. <laughs> Calorie dense, nutrient dense. So think of it like that first and foremost. So when you look at your meals as a whole, you say you have three or four meals a day, try and make at least, you know, one or two of those more nutrient dense rather than calorie dense. Again, taking those habits of like just going somewhere and getting the fast food or getting something quick because you don't have it, that'll give you access into, okay, well, I should have planned and prepped a little bit better for this next time. So first and foremost, I would say take out the good versus bad because nothing's bad. It's just, it's just that's a chance for you to be like, okay, I, I like cheese pizza. I'm going to eat pizza. But like, how did I feel? And what did that do for me? Did it just like, did I do it because I was feeling emotional or I was feeling stressed? Because the emotions need to be taken out of food completely. That's never, that's always going to bring you in this downward spiral. And that's me personally, like just personal. Um, what's happened in my life is that like food doesn't make you feel better by any means. It's just uh, another coping mechanism. And so using something else to cope through those emotions, but again, finding the why of why are you eating these bad, you know, unhealthy things um, would be really important for you. Uh, and then how to break those habits, like habits takes time. They take patience. They take consistency. They're not, it's not easy by any means. Um, it, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of determination, but it's also like, you know, so being easier on yourself and giving yourself grace in the sense of like, you know, I, I know this doesn't make me feel good. So why do I keep eating it? Or why do I keep going to it? Eating in moderation is always key to like having, you know, eat the chocolate, eat the pizza. Great. But also can we have some sort of nutrient dense thing with that too? Because a lot of times when we eat these calorie dense meals, they serve a quick purpose. We like them. They taste good. But most of the time they don't fuel us for that long. So something like a pizza or something, you might be hungry like in an hour or two because you're not, you don't have a lot of protein in it or you don't have the good you know, carbohydrates or fats with it. Cause it's just like, you're just eating that. So I know that was like a long winded way of saying, <laughs> um, be patient with yourself, take it really slow and be super consistent and just like one little thing that you can do at a time, but nutrient versus calorie dense. And does that tap into eating mindfully too? I know that's something you preach a lot, like tapping into emotions and tapping into what feels good and what feels bad. And starting to discover the answers to those questions. Is that, does that tap into like the mindful eating? Yeah. So intuitive eating is kind of what I do right now. And intuitive eating is basically 10 principles that are taken away. It's like the opposite of the diet culture. And so it's, it's being mindful of your eating. It's put your, put your, putting your fork down when you're eating. It's drinking water. It's your screens being away from you while you're eating. So you're super mindful of the, you know, foods that you take in and what you're eating exactly. Um, 
And yeah, it's, it, that's something that's takes a lot of time. Cause it's like, you've got decades worth of, you know, all of this that you're, you're supposed to do when you hear for so long in magazines and social media, it's like, try this, not that. Da, 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 da. And so it, it takes a lot of time, but it, yeah, I would say intuitive eating has some principles that you can, you can kind of go along with to, to work through that. Yeah. I know the mind also plays a big part into just helping your fitness journey and feeling better and improving your overall wellness. And it can often be a barrier to exercise or to eating right. And another thing I I love about your content and what you put out is you talk about a lot of these topics that are not openly discussed in our society, like Mm -hmm. body positivity or, you know, talking more about self-image or these thoughts that go around a lot of these um, uncomfortable topics. So I'd love for you to share a bit more about maybe one or two of these topics that you're passionate about, Tara, because I think probably like a lot of people can relate to these. Yeah. It's something that a lot of people are thinking about every single day. So if there's maybe one or two or three topics that come to mind that are really close to your heart, I'd love to get you sharing a bit more about those. Yeah. Um, how long have you been following me on Instagram? A couple of weeks. Okay. So that's pretty new. So I have this thing on Fridays called, I call it Tara Polapalooza. It's kind of like a fun, it all started really from the way I felt about my body. I'll be like, I have, you know, I have thinning hair. I'm a woman that has thinning, very fine hair with like a bald spot. And I talked about that a lot of times and it's kind of stemmed from that. I was like, I wonder if anyone else has this. And I started asking these questions stretch marks, cellulite, pimples, hairy toes, like weird stuff, weird flaws that we think we have that maybe no one else has. But when I started this conversation, it opened up the doors and floodgates to so many people and women specifically that have all these things. And so I do this every Friday to make it kind of like a fun, engaging experience, but also in the sense to Hey, like we're all human. We're all very different. We're all very unique. And we all have these things that we think are, you know, bad or ugly or gross, but it's like, we're all very similar in the sense of like, we have these weird things that make us who we are. So with that being said, I will say that like, if we didn't have stretch marks, cellulite, pimples, scars, what would we be? We'd all be the same. And so these are little parts of us that makes us unique. And so I was blessed with super fine, super thin hair and a bald spot on my head. You know, I didn't love it at the time, but now it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I feel so much more comfortable talking about it. A lot of women, 90 plus percent of women have cellulite and it's still something that women are like, so feel so terrible about having, but it's like, we all have it. So why are we so like, punching ourselves in the face every day about having it. Um, and they're all just like what we, that what makes us us, you know? And it's, if we didn't have any of these things and we were all so perfect porcelain dolls, we would be boring. And that's what makes us, those are our stories that create, you know, our whole being. And I just want, I want to share that, like, it doesn't matter. I can be 10% body fat and still have cellulite. 
You can be, you can lose a hundred pounds and get stretch marks. You can have three kids and not have it. So it just really depends on who you are, but all of these things are just what makes us unique. And so I would say all of the quote flaws that you think you have, like embrace them more. Um, and especially as women, it's, it's a really hard to, to do that. But I would say the confidence builds and it inspires a lot of other people out there. And I started the conversation, but I see so many other people doing it now, um, just within my audience and within the people around me. And it is, it's cool to watch. It's really cool to see that you feel, you know, feeling good in your body and in your skin in and outside of the gym, walking into a room and, you know, owning the room having that confidence so yeah and that's great to hear that more people are now starting to talk about it yeah and that's amazing of you for for sharing that and being part of the process of initiating uh, creating more comfort and creating more of an open conversation around these topics yeah for anyone listening who can relate to anything tara just talked about you should definitely follow her on on instagram and on her platform because she shares a lot of this content and a lot of these messages where it creates that open conversation that, and it encourages you to, to embrace those differences and, and know that you are special and that you are unique. Yeah, because no one wants to be the same person as someone else. We want to have our uniqueness. And like those scars, those cellulite, the stretch mark, those are all stories. And that's each story is a part of you and what makes you you, you know. So I say embrace them more. Tara, we're going to get into some quick fire, but before that, let us know where we can connect with you and get to hear you talk about more of these topics and to follow your journey and support you. Yeah. So I'm basically every platform is at Tara LaFerrera. It's uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the things I would say I'm mostly on Instagram. I've been getting more into TikTok recently. I've just been kind of loving that platform. And then I do post uh, one or two YouTube videos that are follow along workouts usually a week. So, and then of course, TL method is my monthly subscription program. It's, um, it's all stuff that you can do from home. So it's just dumbbells, resistance band and a, and a bench, and you can get stronger and feel more mobile in your body, uh, six days a week. Awesome. Those links are going to be in the description. So make sure to check it out. Yeah. We're going to finish off with some quick fire and then a final message from you, but for the quick fire. So it's going to be one sentence or a couple sentences answers. So it's going to be going pretty quick. Okay. Let's do it. The first one is what brings you the most joy? Mm, Movement, movement, movement and exploration. And my dog. I just love my dog so much. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What hobbies and activities other than working out do you like doing the most? traveling, uh, and eating different kinds of foods all over the world. If you could only do three exercises for the rest of this year, what would they be? Okay. Three exercises. Oh, squats, (laughs) pull-ups, Bulgarian split squats. Ooh, interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people hate them. I love them so much. Yeah. What is one of your big bucket list items that you want to achieve in your life? that you're willing to share with us now? I'm going to say it out loud. I want to be on a TED Talk. I want to have a TED Talk. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so excited to listen to it. Yeah. What is a skill you currently have that you wish you had 10 years ago? 
Ooh, confidence probably, <laughs> or just being able to, uh, enter a room and feel good about myself at 31 years old. Yeah. 21. That would have been nice. That's a good one. <laughs> Let's say you want to get to know a person to a deeper level, but you only have two questions. What would your two questions be? What's your story? Cause I feel like that can be very long winded. Um, and then what does successful mean to you? Interesting. I like those. Yeah. And what three qualities are most important to you in a strong friendship? Hmm. Loyalty, trust, fun. Beautiful. Yeah. And this one that doesn't have to be like one sentence or a couple, but it's going to be a final message that you want to leave everyone off with as they're wrapping up the podcast. Ooh, that's just it. There's no, <laughs> that's it. you can take it wherever you want. A final message as as everyone is just finishing up this podcast. Yes. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this conversation. Um, and I would say, follow your dreams, follow your goals, follow exactly where the road is taking you because it's taking you there for a reason. And go do the hard thing, the thing that you keep saying that you're going to do, go and do that. That's a good one. Don't wait for motivation, take action and just, just go. I like that message. Yeah. Good way to end it off. Tara, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 8 Billion Gifts podcast. Check out the links in the description if you are looking to get connected with this week's guest. This is a great platform to expand your network, connect with people who come on, and to learn something new at the same time. Stay tuned for next week's episode featuring a new story and mindset. In the meantime, keep learning, keep growing, and have an amazing day.